You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. On this episode of Cheesehead Radio, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers continue to own the Chicago Bears. But the wheels have completely fallen off the special teams. The Packers, at least for now, are the number one seed in the NFC. And can clinch the NFC North with a win against the Ravens. Four quarters of Packers talk, right here on Cheesehead Radio. Hello again, Cheesehead Nation. We are now 12 years into this experiment we call Cheesehead Radio. And we're back this week after an unbearable special teams performance, but a win nonetheless. As is usually the case, your hosts tonight are the bewildered Kelly Hodgson, that Packer girl on Twitter. Also joining us is the befuddled C.D. Angeli, Tundra Vision on Twitter. And lastly, little old me, your voice of reason and faith in the Packers, Jersey Al of Packers Talk and Cheesehead TV. Follow me at JerseyAlGBP on Twitter. That's it for the introductions. Let's get this show on the road. Well, it's always a satisfying week when the Green Bay Packers take down the Chicago Bears. Very satisfying. And not just take down, we completely and utterly shellacked them. Did we, though? I'm looking <laughs> at the, I'm looking second at the half, score. Second half, perhaps. Yeah, well, the second half, we shellacked them. First half, not so much. But here's the thing. I'm looking at this final score. Uh, the Packers score 45 points. So you would think, wow, the offense had an amazing day. The Bears score 30 points, maybe you think their offense had a great day, and yet so many of those scores were not necessarily scored by the offenses in this game. Well, I think just one each, right? The punt return for the Bears and the pick six for the Packers, right? So so remove remove those, and you got 38-23. Yeah, which is way different. Okay, if you say so. (laughs) Whatever whatever you want to believe. Okay, CD. I'm not here to burst your bubble. All right, I have to confess. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I did not see the last touchdown. I was like, there's no way they can score. I decided to go let my dog out, and it came back. I'm like, what do you mean it's 45 points? Where did that come from? Why did you say there's no way they can score? I don't know. I just wasn't feeling. I'm like, okay, we're going to like, like, because the Packers. You had a whole quarter. You had the whole fourth quarter. Yeah, but the Packers. It was a 10-minute drive. All right, a 10-minute drive. Let me finish. No. <laughs> the Packers are notorious. I want to like, know. How could you leave? Well, let, okay. Well, one, this the is, dog was going to pee on the floor. So I'm like, okay, i got to let the dog out. against go. the rules. Yeah, but it must have worked from a superstition standpoint because they scored. Because how many times did the Packers, like, at the down the, the, the down towards the finish line, just kind of let up the brakes. And it's like, okay, Ben, don't break. And it gets kind of hairy and close. I figured it was going to happen that way, so I let the dog out. That's a very negative outlook, Kelly. But it's very realistic. It's happened many times. But it was not realistic. It did not happen that way. It's actually part of her superstition because had she not taken the dog out, the Packers wouldn't have scored, so we should be thanking her. And my dog. I understand that's what she's trying to say. Well, and and the dog would have whizzed in my living room. So that's the more important thing. Is it carpet or tile or wood floor? Ceramic tile. Okay, kids. That's an easy cleanup. Come on. Moving on. Come on. Ceramic tile's an easy cleanup. Let the dog pee. Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, back to football. There actually is a game to talk about. 
Aaron Rodgers has, uh, once again, a pretty fantastic game. 141.1 rating, no interceptions. Uh, I believe he took over the all-time Packers versus Bears touchdown record uh, against uh, taking that record away from Brett Favre, who I think had 59. I think he now has 60, so that was pretty amazing. Um, But one thing that I guess I'm just going to comment in, because, you know, I've kind of... I may have harped on Aaron Rodgers a lot so far this, just given all the drama, and I, I'm not a big fan of some of the drama, but one thing that he does amazingly, I got into a conversation with a Bears fan on Twitter this week who really started hammering the Bears' offensive line. And I don't know if necessarily the Bears' offensive line is in any better shape than our offensive line. I think they're both NFL equality at this point. What's really happening is you have this amazing experienced quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who is able to have such amazing pocket awareness and makes his offensive line looks good. And you're getting some of these Bear fans who are really frustrated with you know Justin Fields and how he's getting hit. And I'm like, well, he doesn't have that awareness. Aaron Rodgers didn't have that awareness in his rookie year. It really is a testament to not just him being a great quarterback a great mvp potential candidate there's just stuff you can't teach a young kid coming in their first year and aaron Rodgers really has grown into that just all-encompassing tom brady-esque type role where he just understands everything going on around him so is this like your apology to aaron Rodgers for being on his case um no oh no. okay but, but it does but it does prove that aaron Rodgers still owns the Bears. sure um but I think the point is, and it was actually almost reassuring to the Bears fans. I said, you know, if, if you just give this kid a chance and quit throwing your rookies into the fire of their rookie year and expecting them to be Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers in their prime, you're going to go through another 30 quarterbacks in the next 20 years again. I, th- yeah, I think they really need and, to invest in fields because, well, not for our you know, Packers benefit, but I think if they, they, they invest in him, he's going to be a dangerous opponent for years to come. Yeah, I, I read that on the um, the McAfee show. Roger said that he gave Fields a little advice after the game, and that his advice was, "Don't try to don't try to do too much in your preparation. Don't try to work on everything because you won't get really good at anything." He said his advice was, "Take one thing, one major thing every year." And just perfect that, you know, get that down perfectly. And the next year, move to the next thing. You know, don't try to do everything all at once because you'll just stunt your development, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I'd like to know why he's giving our future competition advice. Not a fan of that. Well, (laughs) but he's like that with other quarterbacks, not just the Packers. That's kind of him. You know, he can be a prickly jerk, but it seems like he does take quarterbacks, other quarterbacks under his wing. And I don't know if that's, in part because Favre did not do that with him. And it could also be that Rodgers has no love for the Packers. Who knows? You know, you have Florio typing away, oh my gosh, he gave Fields advice. Um, but, you know, when the Bears are actually good, it's a fun rivalry. So I look forward to an, an improved and matured Justin Fields down the road because I think it'll be a fun rivalry. Hopefully we have a quarterback that's equally well-seasoned. You know, and I'll mm-hmm. chime in on the rivalry part. I mean, I I remember an era where when I would you know, the, the Packers would play the Bears and I'd say, oh, the all time record, you know, and the Bears were like 30 games ahead of us. You know, they had 30 more wins and the, the you know, 
whatever career uh, record against each other. And I was like, man, we're never going to make that up. How, how are we ever going to make that up? And since I became a Packer fan, we've more than made it up. You know, the Packers own the all-time series record against them. So, yeah, I mean, should that pendulum shift someday? Yeah. Will it shift someday? Absolutely. Could it be Justin Fields? Maybe. But like I said, it's all good for the rivalry. If he starts giving advice to Kirk Cousins, I'm going to be a little upset. But Justin Fields doesn't bother me. Okay. You guys are much more magnanimous than I. That's what so, All right. So moving on, uh, big star moving there, of course, on. in the offense, Rasul Douglas. It's time for us to get together and have the Rasul Douglas Appreciation Society. We shall convene now. Uh, who would like to be president of this particular society? I will be recording secretary. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I will take the minutes. Jersey? Yes. Would you like to be president? Are you, are you nominating me? I, I'm I not am. sure. I, am. I okay. second the nomination. Excellent. All right. So, all right. So, here, here. Let's Rizul hear it for Razul Douglas. <laughs> Who is how, this guy? How was he on just a practice squad? Is what I want to know. I don't know. And how did three teams cut him this year? Yeah, this is his fourth team this year. And I think that's Incredible. just incredible. <laughs> I mean, only one of them was a was a good team, Arizona. But right. uh, you know, they could Worse use with a, a bad team. Right, a bad, <laughs> a team, bad team could have really benefited from him. Either that, or you just say, "Well, they're that team's just so bad they don't know what they're doing." You know, but uh, you can look at it either way. But it's it's fairly incredible um, what the guy has done, and in both of the last two games he almost had a second pick six yes he yes. had opportunities in both games to have two which is just you know charles woodson-esque it's crazy you know and a part of it too i think is is he really is kind of a missing piece of the secondary puzzle because mm-hmm. we know jair alexander was out we knew it was possible he's going to be out for the season it's you know we're hoping he's going to come back for the playoffs but We've talked about that in past weeks. We don't know what Jair Alexander we're going to get, who hasn't actually played for a year. He's really settled into the spot that we were thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be Kevin King, right? Thank I mean, God remember, Kevin remember King that? is like like only in once in a while now. I mean, if you get back Jair Alexander at full strength, and now you have Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas, I mean, <laughs> you know, who starts? Who starts? Rasul Douglas or uh, Eric Stokes at this point? Because... Yes, that's the answer. Yes. That's a great problem to have. That's a great problem to have. rather than who's going to start instead of Kevin King and we didn't have anyone. So it's it's been a, a great find for uh, Brian Gutekunst and uh wow, has it really worked out for the Packers. You know where I really lo- I could see them both being used is Stokes is great for coverage. Razul is great on like third down and desperate. I didn't I know think, that was a an official well, third, third and long when they're desperate, they're, gonna, desperate. they're gonna just bomb it and like third and long and they're gonna bomb it and he will he will telegraph exactly where it's gonna go and he grabs it. Well, and if you remember the the Packers were trying to get Stephen Gilmore at one point, uh, disgruntled secondary person. We had lost Jair Alexander, and uh, we're all like, oh, we're gonna get this guy from the Patriots. He doesn't want to be there, et cetera, et cetera. Gilmore ends up going on where was it? The Panthers. And everyone went, Ugh. and then all of a sudden they say, oh, we signed this guy from Arizona's practice squad. We're, like, we're like, oh, thanks a lot, Ted Thompson Jr. for getting us this guy. And boom, this guy is, is a superstar, to be honest with you. I mean, he's this guy's he's a free agent after the season, I think. Is it after the season or next season? I mean, this guy's going to make bank at this point. Yeah, this season. Yeah. Craziness. Little little uh, trivia question for you. 
He has now returned an interception for a touchdown in back-to-back weeks. Who is the last Green Bay Packer to have done that? I want to say Sticky, but I don't think it was him. Before him. It was before him. Come on, Jersey Alex, from your time. Wow, going back that far? Yeah. Adderley? It was. Very good. Oh, my God. Very good. I I just remembered that I had uh, read that somewhere. Yep. Adderley. Good. That's hard to believe, isn't it? It is. We actually haven't been that great at pick sixes. I mean, we get a couple one now and then, but, you know, other than a couple good seasons, like maybe, uh, you know, 2010, where we really were, uh, that defense really was forcing a lot of turnovers. That's not necessarily a, a staple of Green Bay Packers teams, but it's nice to see this guy's doing it. Moving on uh, back to the offensive side of the, of the ball, Kurt Bankert. What a great story this was, huh? Uh, obviously, Jordan Love out last week for COVID-related reasons. Uh, Kurt Bankert signed once again. I think this guy's been on, off, practice squad, etc. cetera. Uh, comes in and is allowed to do the last two plays in the victory formation. First time in four years he's been able to suit up for an NFL game. Four years in the league, first time he got to suit up and go in the game. I've never seen anyone so excited just to get paint on their knee from taking a knee. He took a picture of it, right? I know, he yes. did. A picture I think- of his knee with the paint on it. <laughs> that was funny. But, you know, it's a first for him. And there was another great picture that I think Evan Siegel took of him and Rogers walking out of the tunnel together. Uh-huh. His wife actually was trolling him, I think, on Instagram and said, ooh, tough game. You're going to need therapy after that. <laughs> so so just a great story, Kurt Bankert. And uh, it's been great to watch that all season long. Well, very good. So let's uh, move on here a little bit. I think one thing we want to talk about is is the Packers and and how maybe the infamous, you know, having those first 20, 25 plays scripted is not exactly working out for them this year. No. (laughs) Uh, The Packers have now been held scoreless in the first quarter of seven of 13 of their games this season. Scoreless. They look flat. Right. Which means they're, they're basically playing from behind pretty much almost every game. Uh, so that's been a, a huge statement. And of course, against the Bears, once again, they they, they fell behind uh, to the Bears. wasn't by much, I think, 3 nothing. But boom, the Packers just are not coming out anything but flat. Something, uh, something interesting I learned tonight, listening to Coach Matt LaFleur on Cheesehead TV, was... What they did at the start of, or during halftime was they looked at the plays that they had scripted because they they hadn't gotten to he said he said let he, they'd gotten to less than half of the of the plays that they had intended to run for you know whatever reason uh, game situations etc and they t- they went through the plays that they hadn't run and did a little script for the beginning of the second half from those plays that they hadn't run and for the initial script. So that's a little insight into some of the things that uh, that go on at halftime. There, I thought that was pretty interesting, and that worked better than the initial script. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So really rough, actually, first quarter for both teams. The second quarter, interesting little trivia fact: they combined for forty-five points in just the second quarter, the most in any quarter of the Bears-Packers rivalry. That was the most points in any quarter ever between the Packers and Bears. Highest they had ever done before that was 42 points in the fourth quarter of 1955. So Al was a junior in high school. Oh! <laughs> I was a gleam in my parents' eyes. <laughs> I mean, 
Well, I think my parents were gleams in their parents' eyes. But anyway. Guys, <laughs> so. my, pa- my parents I- were alive because I'm old. So that'll be the end of the first quarter. Uh, I think we can definitely call that a win. Definitely a win. Yeah. But we definitely saved the worst for last. And well, that'll take us to the second quarter, which is our special teams really not being so special. No, they're not. They're kind of oh terrible. Gosh. So, and once again, this, I, I again joke that I offer my talents as special teams coach, even though I've never coached football before, because I can't be any worse than what's there right now. Uh, Maurice Strayton is definitely feeling the heat. Definitely feeling the heat. It's like anytime special teams is on the field, they might as well be playing yakety sacks. They're like incompetent. And it really was bad this week. Well, and, you know, let's kind of run through the list a little bit because you're right. I mean, please, generally speaking, well, I'll let someone else go through the list because I talk too much as it is. But, um, you know, generally you have like one terrible blow up play on special teams and you say, what a terrible day for special teams. Even if they did everything else right, if there's like one punt return for a touchdown, you're like, Oh, what a terrible day for special teams. Well, we had the equivalent of about eight days of terrible days for special teams. All right, let me start. Go for How it. How on God's green earth do you muff a punt off your face? Well, that wasn't the first thing, but okay, I don't care. going I, out of order. The that, that's the one that drives me nuts the most. How do you muff a punt off your face? That takes like special incompetent talent. <clears throat> okay, right. so the uh, rest of the list then? Uh... Punt, let, let's, let's do them in order here. All right. Punting team allows a 34-yard punt return. All right, that was bad, but okay. Malik Taylor. That in itself, though, could have been like, oh, God, special team sucks. No, it continues. Malik Taylor muffs a kickoff out of bounds at his own five-yard line. Was this up there with the uh, Ty Montgomery kickoff gaff years ago? Yes, yes. That sent Ty Montgomery out of town. (laughs) I think so. Kickoff team. Allows a 40-yard return. Okay, we're being consistent with the with the returns. Crosby right. sends a kickoff out of bounds. Yeah, okay. pretty bad. Pretty bad. At least he didn't miss a field goal. At least he didn't miss a, miss a field goal. Everything else was fine. Punting team. All right, this one wins my prize. Allows a 97-yard punt return for a touchdown. And they all just watched him trot down the field. When they were, like, all around him there, and then just suddenly they weren't. It's like you guys, you got it, bud. Just go. Is what they, you almost see them say that. You just get go. Him. You, no, no, you get him. No, you get. No, you get. Are you gonna get him? I thought you were gonna get him. Whoops. Yakety yakety sacks moment. Our kickoff team allows a 42-yard return. Okay. Our punter, who really we haven't had much to criticize him for, and I'm not gonna criticize him for one bad punt, but he shanks in a 22-yard punt. Because he didn't want to be left out of the fun on this complete implosion, apparently. Okay. Next, what happened? Kelly, I'll let you talk about this one again. Oh, my God. Amari Rogers. You don't catch <laughs> things with your face. He muffed a punt with his face mask, but thank God there was a dubious penalty on the Bears gunner. Yeah, you may want to put those hands a little bit closer so they actually touch the football. It's my advice for, for Amari. And the icing on the special team's shit cake, as I described it on Twitter, was the Packers muffing in onside kick at the very end. Just to give some hope and just to make the Packers fans just a little cra- crazier than they already were. That was MVS, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, in, in you know, it was a, a weird bounce. You know, I don't blame him, but just 
in the context of everything else that happened, I blame him. Well, and like I said, th- this is such a litany of offenses that none are acceptable. Matt LaFleur was asked this week, you know, pretty, pretty boldly, you know, are, are, are you going to fire him? <laughs> you know, are, is it time to get rid of Maurice Strayton? And yes. he said that he's, yeah, I mean, we all would say, yes, obviously it is because we've gone through how many uh, special teams coordinators we've already uh, moved to have fired. Matt LaFleur, not surprisingly, is going to stand by his man because, you know, what do you do midseason? But is this something that can be cleaned up? Can we clean this up in time for the playoffs, guys? Because playoffs could potentially be, you know, five weeks away. Is this something that we can even fix at this point? And how? I don't know um, about don't know about fixing, okay? But if we can just make it not be absolutely awful, I think we'll all be happy. Can Razul catch punts? Asking for a friend? Don't know if he ever has or not. Not sure. Can he, could he be any worse than what we have? No, but, you know, obviously... He's been so important to the defense. Yeah. Right? You know, those guys that are important, they trying to keep them off of special teams. Uh, there may not be any choice if this continues, but I don't know. Maybe there's uh, maybe as a gunner, you know, I don't know if he could do something like that. Possibly. Or, or old man Tremont, what you doing? <laughs> yeah, now you're really uh, getting creative there, but not very likely. No, no. They did it last year, but he didn't really play it down. Yeah. And, you know, we do recall we've gone through this before with the return game till it got to the point where we were cheering for guys to just fair catch the ball. And it's too bad we might be getting back to that point because really, I mean, have we really gotten a tremendous kick or punt return this year anyway? I mean, I don't think we have. Last year or the year before. Exactly. Or the year before before that. that. So you're talking about taking the highest to maybe. Right. That was who five could, years, five, six could years ago. advance the ball? I mean, we're picking up, what, four yards, five yards, maybe on the punt return, and risking, you know, disaster in the air every time. I mean, let's, it's just going to get back to the point where it's just fair catch everything, and let's just go to work from there because we're not able to really change any field position with our return game anyway, and we're taking this risk. It seems like every week it, there's an uncertainty. I mean, Sorry, you go back and you watch uh, Mari Rogers return a, a punt, and I, I don't know about you, I'm grabbing the armchairs, <laughs> the arms of my chair, really, really hard. It's like, oh God, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop. It. Okay, now don't fumble it, don't fumble it. <sighs> yeah, I mean, we all are. I think we'd all be very pleased with just fair catch and st- but let the offense start wherever that may be. You know who's available right now, though. Well, he's available in that he's you know not available. on it. The guy yes. who. I the guy who you him. named, I know. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> the guy <laughs> whose nickname you gave him, branded him, never heard it before. Yeah, of course. We we whatever we, dis- we disproved that, but anyway, go ahead. But yeah. let him think he did. It's not that important. Yes. Swerving Irvin is Swervin. available. If this guy could just go out literally and just catch the ball, and it's, it's worth a roster catch spot. It. It's just fair catch it. Fair Don't catch screw it, it up. Don't drop you, it. You think he's in football shape? You don't have. I could go out there and catch the ball if I had the ability oh, to catch a ball. Oh come on! Now. I don't have to move with it. Just wave your arm, fair it. catch. No one even gets That's to hit it. you. You could put me out there, roll me on a wheelchair, and I'll just kind of stand up, catch the ball, sit me down in a wheelchair, roll me off. That's all you need. Okay, sounds easy. <laughs> Let's see him do it. <laughs> yep, sounds real easy. Let's make uh, it happen. 
All right. Well, that'll bring us to the end of the second quarter. Uh, I think we're going to call this one a loss. Would you agree? Yeah, we might have to give it two L's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but... double loss. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> it's pretty bad. If we would have yeah. lost this game, if we would have lost right? this game against the Bears. Oh, man. I mean, the pitchforks and the torches would have been. They were there. Someone was waiting with a big lighter ready to set them all on fire. Uh, so we're going to move into the third quarter. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about a uh, little bit of fortuitous good luck that I don't think a lot of us expected. And that, of course, was uh, the Rams coming through and yeah. the Cardinals. Thank Go you, Rams. Matthew Stafford. Stafford, of all people, doing us a favor. And as a result, what happened? We are now the number one seed overall with four weeks left to go in the season. Did not expect that. No, did not. Did not, did not. So that but was def- all of the Tetris afterwards is what's really fascinating. The Tetris. Like moving it all around. Like who holds a tiebreaker over who? And it's like, that's how it all fits into place. Tetris, yes. Oh, okay. I've never well, heard it referred to as Tetris. It really doesn't matter to us, though. No, right? we just we just hold it. We just win four games and we're good. Run the table, as Roger said a few years ago. Yeah. Now, uh, the Bucks and Cards are also 10-3. and three. The Packers own the tiebreaker because uh, of the win percentage in NFC games. So there's a positive. Three losses, and it just depends on who you lose to. And that's why those NFC games, even though you know, your divisional games are important, but your conference games are really important, too. That's what's spelling the difference right now. Um, the Packers are going to go to play the Ravens. Uh, this weekend, and they can actually clinch the NFC North. The Vikings won last week, surprisingly, and then the Packers won, so we still maintain a, a 10 wins to 6 wins. There's still a 4-game gap, uh, but now it doesn't matter. Even if both teams win next week, there's only 3 games left after that. Uh, the Packers will clinch the NFC North with a win, no matter what the Vikings do next week. Yeah. Magic, magic numbers Right, magic numbers one. Any yep. combination. Interestingly enough, they have not officially clinched a playoff spot. Uh, there's still a possibility they could lose out, and if nothing's happened, they could actually, you know, whatever, the point zero 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 one percent chance or whatever it is, they could do that. But obviously with the win and clinching the NFC North, that would make them the first team in the NFC to guarantee themselves a playoff spot. And I believe that would be like 5,000 levels of Tetris, right, Kelly? Yeah, something like <laughs> <Okay>. that. <laughs> Meanwhile... The Lions have been eliminated from the playoff chase. What, what, what? So they're playing for pride alone, and maybe they're going to suck for young, even though that doesn't really rhyme. Uh, dung, <laughs> dung for young? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. We'll find something. Like I said, I just wish to figure it out. Not, not once again, Jersey Isle to take you off and... <laughs> be all magnanimous but but division how rivals, many times have they like, like, like not won Detroit. a game or won one game in a season it's like but it's good to have one short thing in your division <laughs> well it is pretty much it interestingly enough over thanksgiving i sat down with my dad and my dad was a detroit lions fan he grew up in upper michigan uh-huh. and i was trying to say yeah you know those lions haven't been good since 1957 and he says oh no they were really good in the early uh 60s you know did you know that there was a secondary there was a secondary game you used to play in those days, like the Packers would go play for the NFL championship game, but they literally had like the the second place prize. And the Lions won that like three years running, like 61, 62, 63. Okay. And so to make him happy because he's 80 years old, I found an old YouTube like 1962 Lions highlight videos, and he was just naming players left and right, and you could see yeah, how excited it was. Nice. So, yeah. You know, even if you had that, you know, they don't have to actually – you know, battle us and win, 
Uh, but geez, if they could just battle us and, and be successful, that really brings the rivalry back to the forefront. But if we have to go back to the sixties to really find that it's, it's a rough go. <laughs> no doubt. They have not been good. The mid late nineties. Yeah. And that's, that was even mediocre. <laughs> that was only thanks to Barry Sanders. The Packers it wasn't final... Charlie Batch. No, that wasn't. Yeah. No Packers final opponents now are Baltimore. I think they're an eight win team. Cleveland, you know, I suppose can be dangerous. Minnesota, throughout the records to a degree, and the Lions, that's probably an easy win. A sweep would mean 14 wins in, of course, this expanded 17-game season, which would be one better than the nine, the 13 wins that they had in the first two seasons of Matt LaFleur's coaching career. And that would make him still the winningest coach percentage in the first handful of years, correct? Absolutely. Probably even more so. Yeah. I think they, they why, a, why does nobody mention him for coach of the year? Because it's still, I know we're starting to hear some rumors. It's like it, his accomplishments are remarkable. I hear a lot of mentions, but they're all mis- mentioning why nobody mentions him for the, yes. the year. <laughs> That's all I hear. Why does nobody mention him for coach of the year? All right. Anyway. Well, let's call this a win. It's great to be the number one seed. Oh, Again. yeah. Uh, very, good. very fantastic. So we're going to move on to the fourth quarter, and this will be looking ahead to Baltimore. Uh, obviously we, injuries are going to play some of the biggest parts for both teams in this game. As I mentioned before, offensive line down to NFL E talent, but Aaron Rodgers managing it. little surprise return to practice today. Uh, Matt LaFleur had come out and said he did not expect uh, David Bakhtiari to practice, and all of a sudden, boom, guess who showed up in practice today? But David it was limited, but, it was, but it wasn't just standing on the sidelines. Right. So he's getting in there, so that that's... Once again, it still goes back to our age-old question. It'd be great to get him back, but exactly what level of Tetris of David Bakhtiari are we going to get back? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the level five or level 50? I don't know. Uh, Juwan Winfrey was upgraded today to the 53-man roster. Uh, I believe there was a linebacker, I forgot his name, who got claimed off our practice squad. Nate Orchard. Thank you. And then Juwan Winfrey was elevated as well because uh, we are now becoming suddenly short at, uh, I guess, our, our depth at wide receiver. Uh, yeah. Equiminius and Millie Taylor are looking to be possibly not playing. Randall Cobb, of course, now probably out for the rest of the regular season. Our top three receivers are still available, but this probably adds a little bit of depth. Uh, yep. Equiminius and Taylor did have large special teams roles, but maybe it's a good idea. Uh, maybe they're not playing because I don't know if that's uh, if they're talking about all hands on deck. They maybe yeah. maybe there were some changes anyway. Though St. Brown was, I thought he was, he was a serviceable. He's done well. He's, yeah, no, he's done well on, on special teams. He has, and Taylor was on every pretty much every team. So he he always had like the most snaps. Uh, of course, when you do something like muff a punt at your own five yard line, that kind of overshadows everything else you've done that might have been good. Uh, the Ravens are actually fighting a lot of injuries too, not yes, just to are. their quarterback. Uh, I think their entire, I think they got three guys missing off their offensive line, uh, as well as There's, a the secondary is beat up. Yep. And they're so, not just like limited. They're like out. Right. And, and they're eight and five. I mean, they're literally leading their division as well. Uh, and, and looking to secure a, a playoff spot, obviously a, a division championship. So, you know, they're, they're motivated just like the Packers are, despite all the injuries. And right now, the the unknown variable is Lamar Jackson is considered day-to-day and still not practicing with his ankle injury. Yeah, Did that's, they say that's what kind deal. of ankle in- injury is it? High 
ankle if it's sprain. A, if it's a high ankle sprain, he may not play. That's not as easily right, that's, amenable to taping him up and throwing him out there. You know, that's that's a that's an injury with the ligament between the 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 long bones of the lower leg. So yeah, he may not see action. I don't know if that's if that's what it is. I was just asking if, if they said. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. I, all I saw was ankle, okay. and I don't know. And right. they may they may be just purposely bag too. It, it could be. I just think it's interesting that John Harbaugh came out like literally, I think Monday, and said we plan on Lamar playing. Uh, and if it's well, that, of course they're I, planning on that. Yes, <laughs> but I mean, you, that's that's kind of a big bluff there to to play. It's like, well, what what if he can't play? I said, now you really just you know kind of let your team down. As opposed to the old, you remember Reggie White and Brett Favre was like, oh, if they're gonna play, don't know if they're gonna play. Oh, hold him back in the tunnel until the last minute. Oh my gosh, he's playing. You know that that's that's a little more of a shot in the arm. Um, so if he doesn't play, now it's kind of a well, I thought you said he was going to play kind of thing. The fact that they did just uh, sign Josh Jackson, uh, who's been around for a while, forever. Yeah, thirty-five-year-old quarterback. Not, not the Josh Jackson we uh, knew and loved. No, no. different Josh Jackson. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, if it was just to be clear, Jackson, yes, this one's a quarterback. Yeah, so so they're definitely hedging their bets uh, that he's going to be available. Still possible. But there it is. Um, the other interesting part is that the Ravens actually have a really big divisional game the next week uh, against Cincinnati. And so a lot of the press have been hounding Harbaugh to say, hey, uh, do you, don't you want to rest him up? Because we're really going to need him for this divisional game against the Bengals. He's like, nope, nope, we got to win all the games. So he, you know, he's definitely going to play. I'm like, interesting. I mean, I suppose we'd have the same attitude, but... Right. We're probably also thinking, don't you want to sit him down? You should sit him down. Just sit him down for a week. Just sit him down. But we still have to win to be divisional champs and to maintain first seed. So, yeah, I can totally understand why they want to push push the level of comfort of putting somebody back in versus benching them. Exactly. Well, let's bring that to the end of the fourth quarter. I suppose we'll call that a push with all the injuries. I think that's easy. So we finished 2-1-1 today. Not a bad day. And now let's get on to this week's game prediction. Cheesehead Radio. Packer game predictions. The Packers are still trying for their number, trying to keep their number one seed in the NFC playoffs, and they're going to make a trip to Baltimore to visit a hobbled Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Interestingly enough, the Packers were a minus two point favorite prior to the Baltimore game. It suddenly jumped to a minus seven favorite following the injury to Jackson, that line is probably going to go up and down, left, right, back, and forth as we figure out what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, uh, which will, by the way, be a late afternoon game on Sunday with, I believe, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Let's see how... (laughs) How do we get so lucky? (laughs) Oh, they love us. Let's see how the Cheesehead Radio Gang calls it. And Jersey Isle, as always, we'll start with you. All right. The, as we've discussed, the Packers presently have the number one seed. And all they have to do is win out to ensure that all their playoff games are played in the friendly confines of Lambeau Field. If not for what happened on special teams last week, one could have said that this Packers team is finding their identity. And a big part of that identity is resiliency. The Ravens, like the Packers, are a banged up team. And also like the Packers, are not a team to take lightly. I do think Green Bay will attack the decimated Ravens secondary, and when your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, that should be a successful approach. I'm taking the Packers to win this game, 31-24. to 24. Adjustments, I like that. Mm. 
Yeah. Meant to change that earlier. Sure, sure you did. Yeah. The pa- the Packers have always come out of the shoot limping after a bye week under Matt Lafleur. So I'm going to take the win against the Bears and assume that our coach is busily cleaning up the errors, particularly on special teams. Aaron Rodgers continues to make an NFL E offensive line look good. So if the other two squads can just simply play four quarters of football or at least not self-inflect wounds, I believe the Packers should comfortably win this game. Lamar Jackson or not, Packers 30, Ravens 16. Well, I think we're going to be unanimous tonight. But the Packers are on the road. I wasn't as optimistic earlier in the week. But then I remembered the Ravens are good. Yes, they lead their division, but they're not overly dangerous. And especially if Jackson ends up watching this all from the sideline. My big worry is the massive COVID outbreak going through the NFL right now. There have been more cases this week among NFL players than the entire rest of the season combined. At least all of our quarterbacks have had COVID, so we don't have to worry about that. And some of our wide receivers as well. We remain healthy. We should be okay. So I'm going to go Packers 31. Yes, that means Mason gets a field goal. Ravens 21. A clean That never happens. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Cheesehead Radio in our 12th season. Make sure to head over to PackersTalk.com where you can listen to several unique Packers podcasts. Please follow at Packers Talk Net on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Cheesehead Radio and all Packers Talk podcasts can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the pod, show us some love and leave us a review. You can also find us on Siri, Alexa, or Google just by saying, Play Packers Talk Podcast. That's a wrap in multiple colors. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Good night, everybody. Go back, go.